Today on Ag News Daily. What the event is in September is our Ag Tech Venture Day. We are inviting companies from around from around the country to apply to present um, for a potential investment. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is a Fry, well, not Fry Yay episode because it's our intern Hannah's last day. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. It is very sad. <laughs> Hannah has been spectacular for us all summer long. We're losing her. She's going to go educate America's future for a semester in the ways of agriculture up in uh, north, central, northeast Iowa. Northeast Iowa. And, um, you know, that's probably good. It's good for the industry as a whole. It's good for, I think, America as a whole, but it, but it's bad for us, and I am notedly selfish, and so I hate this. Well, you sound like I'm dying. I, well, to us, you are dead, <laughs> Hannah. You're leaving. So I'll still be around, Just, uh, <laughs> but not for the next semester away. because no. you can't work while you're student teaching. That is correct. So we would never ask you to work for cash under the table. We just wouldn't do it. We just wouldn't do it. <laughs> wink, wink. Right. Wink, wink. Right. That oh. would be inappropriate. If the IRS ever audits us and they listen to this episode, uh, JK, LOL. <laughs> that was just for the IRS. <laughs> oh, so it's sad. So, Hannah, why don't you take the honors? What is the most important ag news headline of the day to you? Well, Mike, the most important ag headline that I have found today is that WOTUS is back for 26 states. So, it looks like when Scott Pruitt put the ruling in place, what was it, back in... When he... 17? It was right yeah. after the election. So it might have been 20... Yeah, it would have been 2017. Well, apparently when he put that rule in place, he didn't do it correctly. And 26 states have... Have they sued or they they have appealed the rule? So this is where it gets a little convoluted. So before Donald Trump was elected, before Scott Pruitt was ever in line to be EPA commissioner, 26... Excuse me, 24 states all got together and they sued the Obama administration saying this act is unconstitutional and a federal judge agreed with them and issued an injunction and said in these 24 states you cannot implement WOTUS until we do you know, more research or you know, lawyers get paid more. Then Scott Pruitt came into being, withdrew the WOTUS rule for everybody and now this judge in Minneapolis, which is I guess somewhat surprising to me being as it is an ag state, um, this judge said, look, the way Scott Pruitt brought that rule out of into being was not right. So we're now revoking the WOTUS revocation, and we're going back to the way things were when the Obama administration left office. So the 24 states that sued, they don't have WOTUS. The 26 states that hadn't sued are now under the old WOTUS rule that had so riled agriculture. This includes Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, the whole Northeast, Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, California, Oregon, and Washington. And that's a whole pile of states. I think the interesting thing is um, we just heard from Administrator Wheeler on Monday who was at the Iowa State Fair, and he did not mention any of this that wasn't on his radar. And the OMB office, the Office of Management and Budget, was expecting to have the new WOTUS guidelines laid out here within the next 60 days, so I don't really know how that'll play out with that timeline. So, with the new rules that are coming, the text of this new proposed WOTUS regulation, now it sounds like they're going to incorporate the proper wording to revoke the old one. So they kind of get a mulligan on this. They're, they're going to try it again. A mulligan? Yeah, they're taking their mulligan. What's a mulligan? Yeah, so in <laughs> golf, 
if you you mess up your first shot, you say, I'm taking a mulligan, you drop another ball and you hit it again. It's not PGA, <laughs> it's not a PGA rule. It's just like is if you the Mike Pearson rule? No, it's a, it's a pretty common thing oh, if you're okay. golfing in like a tournament or something, but or it's not allowed in the PGA Or in golf. most tournaments. It's the kind of thing you do playing golf when golf isn't the focus. Right. When you're raising yeah. money for charity or, or drinking adult beverages, right. that's when you yeah. do mulligans. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Great story, Hannah. Glad you brought that to our attention today. Yeah, I'm going to pull it away here because I have another big headline that just came out here right as the markets were closing today. Um, And that is Chinese and U.S. negotiators are drawing a roadmap for talks to try and end this trade war or trade dispute. And that meeting is planned between President Trump and President Xi in November. So it seems like they're trying to manipulate the markets today. I don't know. Well, that announcement came out after the close. I think it was right before the close. Oh, was it? I don't know. It was either right before the close or right after the close, Mike. But anyways. Uh, we'll, we'll cover the markets in a bit. We did recover quite a bit of earlier losses in the soybean market, so maybe it did come out right before the close. Or maybe the trade just was, you know, squaring things up heading into the weekend. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is some definite news. It's good news, I think. And I think possibly... It might be driven by fear in China that they might not have enough pork as we get into the third and fourth quarter of 2018 and the first and second quarter of 2019 because, as we talked about yesterday, they've shut down a slaughterhouse due to the African swine fever epidemic that has now spread. And, um, you know, that was just a reminder. That was the WH group that had to shut down that slaughterhouse. That is the world's top pork producer, mm-hmm. owner of Smithfield Foods. So this thing continues to spread, and that could be news that certainly caught the Chinese market by surprise, and it's probably catching everybody a little bit by surprise. Yeah, absolutely. And they do have those lower-level talks going on next week. I believe it's going to be with the Undersecretary for the U.S. Treasury Department, I can't remember the gentleman's name, and then another lower-level in- official from China. So it almost looks like they're just putting on a front, seeing, you know... Can they get the market smooth? Can they see some sort of strength in the Chinese economy because they are coming to the table? It doesn't sound like it's going to be a meeting that gets any results or answers because it's not the people that need to be doing the talks, basically. Well, They're kind of the peons in the system, I would say. It moved the bean market on Thursday, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, no, you know, certainly Chinese beans got a little more expensive if they were planning on buying them from the U.S. That's what happened yesterday. So, Hannah, what else is jumping out at you on this uh, Friday? Well, yesterday, Mike, I touched on how Bayer had officially acquired Monsanto, and I have just a little bit of an update here because Bayer Egg is finally able to get into that case regarding Roundup um, as a carcinogen, essentially. And anyway, and it failed to get Roundup off of the list as a carcinogen. So they are... As of right now, California Supreme Court is declining to listen to arguments by Monsanto and by Bear Egg as to why it should not be on that list. So that's just kind of a little bit back and forth. So they're just saying, no, we're not going to hear you. No, they they are saying, no. Nope, go away. We, this is our decision, and I think they have to, they just have rejected the U.S. company's arguments, and I guess they're just going to have to keep trying a little bit harder to... Hmm. Make their voices heard. You know, now that Bayer owns them, you know, Bayer is German. And if you shout at people in German, I think they get a little scared. Maybe they'd be more willing to go (laughs) along with it. You know, when people, I think, Americans especially, think of Germans yelling, doesn't conjure up great images. 
No, probably not. No, we think back to the 40s. And, uh, you know, maybe they'd be more willing to go along. So, Bear, send your loudest, most obnoxious German over to the California court system and see if you can make something happen. Okay, well, on that note, let's see. I'm going to take it over. A problem solver. Yeah. Delaney, it's what I do. Sounds like it. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of problem solver, the renewable fuels and energy sectors have closed their comment period that ended today. More than 288,000 comments have been received by the EPA as of today, as of Friday. And more expect, are expected to trickle in throughout the day. Of course, points of contention include biofuel supporters calling on the EPA to include a reallocation of those hardship waivers or those small refinery waivers, and the oil industry calling for a more level playing field, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so now we will have to wait and see. I think now that the public commenting period is over, this is the time when they review those comments, see if that'll affect their decision and what to do moving forward, but not a lot of news other than the commenting period oh, and has ended today. All right. Well, we've got a great interview today with Sean Mannion, who's going to tell us about a cool event coming up in Wisconsin here in October. But before we jump into the markets and the conversation with Sean, Hannah, do you have any other news our listeners need to know about before you leave us forever? Well, Mike, the last piece of news that I have for you today is that BASF has officially closed on Bear's vegetable seed business. So it's one of the many assets that the company is acquiring, and this time it has acquired 24 crops and about 2,600 varieties of seed. And it's going to, or BASF says, adding this vegetable seeds business enhances its global offer to farmers and strengthens its seed platform. So... Just a little update there in that neck of the woods. But, Mike, do you have any other news or should we get over to the markets? The only other news I've got for us is the American share of the soybean market in Europe continues to grow. Last year we were 9% of that market. This year it was recently announced we are 37% of that market. So it looks like Europe is sticking up for their argument they're going to buy more soybeans. But here we go. Let's see where the market's finished for the day. And folks, our marks are brought to us by our great friends at the Zaner Group. Remember, if you want to put a marketing plan in place and you just need a little bit of advice, you want the help of a pro, give our friends at Zaner a call. You can reach them at 312-277-0050 or visit them on the web at zaner.com and tell them you heard it on Ag News Daily. Well, let's take a look here in the corn market. September corn closed one penny lower at 3.64 and a quarter. The December contract also dropped a penny at 3.78 and three quarters. And soybeans down 12, 13 cents midday ended up September contract only down four, finished at 8.81 and a half. The November contract down four and a quarter to close at 8.92 and three quarters. Wheat was the big winner on the market today. September Chicago wheat up 18 and a quarter cents at 5.16 and a half. The December contract up 17 and three quarters to close at 5.79 and three quarters. Quick look over at the livestock side, and we see that strength from yesterday continued down all the contracts and all the classes. August live cattle up a dollar ten at 109.42.50. The October up a dollar sixty to finish at 110.87 and a half. In feeder cattle, the August contract up 67 and a half cents at 150.95. September up a dollar seventy, closed at 181.82 and a half. And in lean hogs, remember yesterday we were limit up, so we did have expanded limits in the hog market today, which is why the October contract closed higher by three dollars twelve and a half cents to finish at 58.60. The December up two dollars eighty-two and a half cents to finish at 50. 
25.27 and a half. And of course, we've got to take a look at the dairy market. Class 3 milk August contract up 2 cents at 15.01. The September down 8 to finish the week at 15.81. Before we get to that conversation with Sean Mannion, let's get a word from our friends at Latham High Tech Seeds. Joining me this week is Phil Long from Latham High Tech Seeds. Phil, harvest is coming up. We're starting to think about winter and, of course, next spring. And for a lot of folks, that means cover crops. Latham Seeds does sell cover crops. What do growers need to be thinking about this time of year if that's an avenue they're considering? Yeah, definitely, Mike. There's a lot of guys that are, that are starting to use cover crops, and I know guys that are seeing even yield benefits from them. Uh, but beyond that, a lot of, a lot of the, the majority of guys are using a cereal rye. Uh, tends to be the top choice just because of the length of the window that you have to get it in. It's the hardiest cereal, cereal grain that we really have, not to be confused with rye grass. Um, but cereal rye works really well after corn, before soybeans the best in terms of weed control and uh, managing moisture and organic matter and so forth. Um, but it's a, an excellent choice to fly on as well. Um, even for those guys in the south that's been staying kind of dry down there, you know, getting it on there before the leaves completely drop and harvest um, will provide a good opportunity for that to take up moisture. It, it germinates fairly easily, so that's the, the good thing. But drilling is also another option that can be done with rye even up into November and still see really good success. Fantastic. Folks, if cover crops is something you're considering this year, give the folks at Latham Seeds a call. They can help you with every aspect of it, and you can reach them at 877-GO-LATHAM or on the website at LathamSeeds.com. Well, coming up in just a little over a month, folks, is a very cool event happening in Wisconsin. And joining us today to talk about it is Sean Mannion. He is the assistant director at Golden Angels Investors. And Sean is going to tell us a little bit about a conference they have coming up called Ag Tech Venture Day. Sean, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Mike. And in the introduction there, I said it's a conference, but it, it's a lot more than a conference. That's not really what it is. Could you give us a background? What is AgTech Venture Day? Sure, absolutely. So a little bit of background on the group. Uh, Golden Angels Investors is a angel investing network um, made up of about 100 investors and 70 advisors. Uh, we take a look at about 300 startup companies a year um, for prospective funding. Um, so what the event is in September is our Ag Tech Venture Day. So um, we are inviting companies from around, uh, from around the country to apply to present um, for a potential investment. Now, this event, um, in addition to being for our members, is also open to um, the greater investment community. Um, so people who want to come and hear presentations from these companies, meet with the companies who are going to be in attendance, and also hear some pretty interesting um, talks from uh, industry leaders in AgTech. And Sean, how did this conference like come to be, or why did you guys feel the need to start this AgTech Venture Day? Sure. So, um, you know, first of all, uh, we're based in Milwaukee. Um, a lot of our investors are from Wisconsin, and our most of our uh, companies we largely invest within the Midwest. But 
Um, until recently, we really haven't had much of an agricultural focus, um, which we, you know, looked around and really all, you know, interesting innovation within ag tech is going on within our backyard. Um, so we have um, people within our network who have pretty deep um, ag tech experience. So we wanted to put together um, a group and specifically a selection committee where um, we could kind of launch our focus into ag tech investing. So we find that these focused venture days work really well um, to not only bring together a really high quality of companies to come and present to our group, um, but the singular focus on a specific industry for a specific, specific day allows us to gather some really serious in industry expertise to um, select the companies to come and present and also help us to evaluate those companies as well. Now, Sean, walk me through. Let's say I'm an investor. Ag tech is fascinating to me personally, and I've got a little extra cash to burn. If I want to come to the Ag tech Venture Day, what's it going to be like for me as an attendee? What, what's the flow of the day look like? Sure, absolutely. So, so we have, we'll have several blocks of companies um, presenting. So we're looking at having about 12 companies present. There'll be shorter presentations about um, no more than 30 minutes each, where they're going to be giving kind of a formal pitch uh, for investment in their company. And those will be spread out throughout the day. Um, and then in addition to those, we're going to be having two panels, the first of which um, is titled Ag Tech Investing in 2018, Insights from Industry Experts, which is going to be moderated by Chris Prestigiacomo, um, who's the portfolio manager for the State of Wisconsin Investment Board. And sitting on that panel, um, we have several industry leaders within the ag tech investing community, including Jim Schultz, uh, founder of Open Prairie um, Venture Fund. We have Matthew Walker, who's the managing director of S2G Ventures, Matthew Bell, managing director of Cultivian Sandbox, um, and several other members. And then... Um, we also will be having another panel um, titled Success Stories in Ag Tech, which is going to be um, moderated by Joe Kulik from Sikich. Uh, and sitting on that panel are three extremely successful entrepreneurs from the ag tech industry, um, Tara Johnson from Tara's Way, Tom Rayberger from AgroBiosciences, and Johnny Park from Spensa Technologies. Um, so basically, the, the day is going to be made up of um, company presentations broken up by these, these panels. Um, I also should mention our lunch speaker, who is Christopher Salm, um, founder, CEO, and chairman of AB Discovery, um, and board member and founder of Salm Partners. Um, so in addition to those presentations and speakers, we also will uh, give investors who are attending the opportunity to schedule one-on-one -on -one meetings with the presenting companies just so that they can dig a little deeper and answer any questions or ask any questions that they might have as follow-ups to the presentations. And Sean, is there like a main theme that you you guys are trying to focus on with this Ag Tech Venture Day, like specifically in the ag tech world does that make sense yeah no it does um so i it's a little hard for me to say right now i think that there will be a natural theme that appears 
right now we're looking at a pretty broad perspective of ag tech companies. Um, that said, our selection committee is meeting in two weeks to come up with the final list of companies. So um, we we had uh, about we had 60 applicants, um, really coming from a broad range of backgrounds, anywhere from um, CPG companies with close roots to farming to um, drone-based uh, field monitoring technologies. Um, so we really have a really wide range, uh, but we're, we're really focused on technologies that are going to have an impact on um, direct, direct to the farm. So um, I will probably be able to uh, let you know more about our focus after the companies have uh, been selected. And I want to come back to this from the company's perspective. Sean, I, I know you're already full for this year, but hopefully this goes well and becomes an ongoing event or an annual event. From the startup company's perspective, what's the best case scenario when I leave an event like the AgTech Venture Day? What am I hoping to get out of it? Sure, sure. So, so we, so I obviously are. Uh, investment group will be there, um, and we'll have our investors there who are who are looking to be um, investing in ag tech companies. So any investment that comes from the Golden Angels will come as a form of a you know single purpose LLC investment from our group. But also there are several other groups that are going to be attendants. I, I mentioned Cultivian Sandbox, S2G Ventures. We have a few other venture groups that will be in attendance. Um, and as well as, you know, we're still seeking other investors to, to come and attend the event. So, you know, the, the outcome from the event is, from the perspective of the presenting companies is, you know, first of all, the opportunity to be in the room with some of the, you know, top ag tech invest, investors in the country, um, but also to gain insights from these industry experts who are going to be speaking and who they'll have the opportunity to meet one-on-one. And Sean, if we have listeners who are interested in attending this event, where can they go to sign up or how do they attend? Sure, absolutely. So um, we have a website for the day. It's agtechday.com. And there's a section where you can register to attend. Um, Like uh, we mentioned before, it's going to be in Johnson Creek on October 2nd. Tickets are $79 for attendees. and, uh, and those tickets are available on our website. And, and just some more, we're also, it'll be at the Comfort Suites Hotel and Conference Center in Johnson Creek. Very cool. And that is October 2nd in Johnson Creek, Wisconsin. If, if they're coming from far away, what's Johnson Creek near for people that aren't all that familiar with Wisconsin? Sure. Good, good question. So we selected Johnson Creek because it is the direct, um, exactly in the middle in between Madison and Milwaukee. Um, <laughs> So, so we were going back and forth. We do Milwaukee, do, do Madison, um, but uh, we, we decided to pick the, the center of the two places. So if you're coming from far away, um, it's, it's directly in between those cities. If you're going to be flying in, either airport um, are, is, is equidistant. So um, it's a little bit of location details. Perfect. Folks, check that out. You can find them on the web, as Sean mentioned, at www.agtechday.com and get your checkbooks out. And let's go keep building ag tech here in the Midwest. Sean Mannion, thanks for taking the time today to talk to us. Thank you. Thank you, guys. This is great. 
Thank you, Sean, for that update on Ag Tech Venture Day. Mike, I think we should head to Wisconsin. Honestly, I, I think we actually should. There's going to be fantastic tech companies up there. I, I wish I had money to invest in some of them, mm -hmm. but uh, I don't. But it'd still be great to learn their stories and to exactly. see what the future of ag is going to look like, Anna. And hey, we can even get some of those ag tech companies, you know, on our podcast. You bet. Or if they're interested, folks, you can always advertise on the Ag News Daily Podcast. We'd love to talk to you. And in fact, we've got a new marketing and sales director on board. So just drop us a line. Hannah, if they want to find out how to reach us, where should they go? Well, Mike, they first can head to our website, www.agnewsdaily.com, or they can find us on Facebook or Twitter and just search Ag News Daily. And before we let the people go, Mike, for the last time, I just want to say thank you both to you and Delaney for being great bosses and great role models this past summer. And I want to say thank you to all of you Ag News Daily listeners. You've been a wonderful audience, and thank you for letting me grow. Well, thank you, Hannah. We've appreciated all of it. And listeners, if you want to drop Hannah a note, remember, just find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter at Ag News Daily. And with that, Hannah, would you like to let the people go? I'll let the people go, Mike.